So get your Bible. We're going to get right into God's Word. We're here for the Word. Uh, that is the book of Romans, chapter 12. And we are teaching a series on renew your mind. Amen. Renew your mind. And so many times, you know, when you teach things, people think it's something else. But really, it's just what it says. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. I used to read a scripture all the time. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians, let me read this. It says in 1 Corinthians, as the Apostle Paul was ministering the word of God, uh, at the end of that chapter, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 16, he said, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I used to hear that all the time, and I said, oh, my God, man, Paul had the mind of Christ. But I never thought about it. I have the mind of Christ, too. Amen? I have the mind of Christ. What, we'll get into that a little later on, but I just want to show you that verse. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 12. Uh, we're going to get right into today's teaching. Romans 12, verse 1. We're reading out the King James Version at this time, the King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's out of the King James Version. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to get right into God's Word. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the precious blood of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto your holy name. Thank you for your great work, your great ministry through your Son, and thank you now for your ministry through your Holy Spirit. We honor you, we praise you, we bless you, we appreciate you, and we thank you for blessing us with all things. Thank you for creating all things. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love. Thank you for divine protection, divine provisions. Thank you for your divine grace. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus, through your precious blood, we give you the praise. Amen. All right, now, we're talking about renew your mind. Uh, can you say that to somebody this morning? Renew your mind. Now, when you get born of the Spirit... This, was, this is what happened to you. So when Paul say, uh, renew your mind, he's really telling you, uh, this is how you say. This is what you ought to see if you say. Let me read that out the NLT, Romans chapter 12. Now this is, this is what it's supposed to be like otherwise, if you say. Romans chapter 12 out the NLT says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, Give your bodies to God. See, that's what's supposed to happen if you say, if you say, I would say, give your body to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. That's what God did. When you got saved, he made you a new creation. This is how he did it. By changing the way 
you think. Now, when you hear that, you may say, well, you know, this is still happening. Oh, I'm not talking about it's not an ongoing situation. But we have to start off at the beginning. He changed the way you think. See, first of all, you was an unbeliever. Now you are a believer. See, he changed the way you think. There are times you thought there was no God. There's people say, well, there's no God, and I don't believe in God, and I don't believe in that, and I don't believe. See, what did he do? He changed the way you think, okay? That's what that means. Now, that doesn't mean he's not, he not going to continue to change your thinking, because he does. Then he says, he, he, he changed you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know. See, now you can learn how to know God's will for your life because it's good and it's pleasant, it's pleasing, and his will is perfect. So, but if a person is not saved, you can't know the will of God. See, let's, let's go and show you that in 1 Corinthians. See, this was the whole thing in 1 Corinthians uh, in chapter 1 because a person not saved cannot know the will of God. You know, I used to go and minister the will of God and then the Holy Ghost began to share with me, says, they don't understand what you're saying. You cannot understand if you have a carnal mind. We're going to look at that today. You cannot understand if you've got a natural mind. You're not going to understand the word of God. And that's what happens when people, when they hear, really hear the gospel of Christ, the teaching of the new covenant, the first thing they say is, I don't understand him. It, it does not have to be something wrong with the preacher. It could be something wrong with the person who's listening. All right, now watch 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Let's go over there. And watch what God says in verse 6. We're going to read this all the way down to the end of the chapter. It says, How be it, Paul said, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Now when you hear that, you first you say, Well, how in the world somebody perfect? He's talking about it in Christ. Okay, you're made complete in Christ. That's the same word, perfect, okay? Uh, but he says, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. Got it? Not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to know. But we speak the wisdom of God, watch this, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, ordained before the world to our glory, to the one that's born of the Spirit, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor it heard, so you cannot use your physical eyes and ears to get this. I have not seen nor ear has heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for them that love him. So the natural man doesn't know this stuff. And then it says in verse 10, But God hath, past tense, revealed them unto us by his Spirit. See? By his spirit. Well, if you don't have his Holy Spirit, how are you going to show it to you? See, the Holy Spirit does not teach you from without. The Holy Spirit teaches you from within. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, then the Holy Spirit can't teach you. You got to have the Holy Spirit. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So the, when the word of God is being preached, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Verse 11 says, For what man know the things of a man, save the spirit of man, for the spirit of man, watch this, which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. What spirit of God? That is within us. 
Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God. So that's why we have received the Holy Ghost, so we can know the thing that's freely given to us of God. But watch the next verse. It doesn't stop there. Verse 13 says, which things also we speak, talking about the new covenant, not in the words which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. The Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual thing with spiritual thing. So when you sit in a ministry that, that's led by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's in you, and I'm teaching you the ministry of the Holy Spirit or teaching you the new covenant, then you can be able to understand because you have the Holy Spirit. See, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't understand the word of God anyway. That's the next verse. Now, the natural man is why you got to renew your mind. See, the natural mind is really the nature man or the nature mind. Or your natural mind. See, you cannot understand the word of God with a natural mind. When a man is not saved, he has a natural mind. Once a man gets, a woman, I'm not talking about, once a man or woman gets saved, she or he has a natural, not a natural, but a spiritual mind. A spiritual mind. A spiritual mind. When you're not saved, you got a natural mind. Look at verse 14 again. But the natural man or the natural mind receive not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That word discerned means understood. They are spiritually understood. So your natural mind or your natural man cannot understand the things of the Word of God. But once you're born of the Spirit, now your new man can understand the Word of God. All right? But then in verse 15, it said, But he that is spiritual, talking about the man that's born of the Spirit, judges all things. Now that word judges all things means discerneth. No mean that you sit around as a judge. That's the same word as discerneth. See, once you're born of the Spirit, now you can discern. Whether that's the word of the Lord, in, if that's in the word of God. Did God said it? Yeah. But he that's spiritual judges or discerneth all things. Yet he himself is not judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. All right. So when a man get born of the Spirit, he has the mind of Christ. Let me show you something that, that you might seen but not understood. Look at Philippians. Philippians chapter number 2. Watch what it says. And verse 1 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there are any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be washed like-minded. Like-minded, having the same love, having, being on one accord and one mind. This is why in the church, see, when, people, when everybody in the church is born again, then we got the same mind. Now I can minister the word of God and we can all understand. But when you got some of the people in the church not say, some of the people in the church say, I don't know what he's saying. I don't understand what he's saying. Anybody know what he's talking See, that's what you're going to have, a lot of confusion because you got so many people. So that's why a pastor have to spend so much time in, in the church making sure people are saved. 
making sure they're saved, making sure they have the Holy Spirit for real, for real. Not something I gave them, not something they got through religion, tradition of men, but what they receive from the Holy Spirit because they believe and trust in Christ, death, being resurrection. All right? Now, in Philippians chapter number 2, and verse number 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let us esteem others better than themselves. You can't do all that if your mind had not been renewed. If you don't have the mind of Christ, you're not going to esteem others better than yourself. This is how you can tell when people are born of the Spirit. They have the mind of Christ. And so they, they, they honor other people. They worry about other people. They esteem other people better than themselves. That's when you're born of the Spirit. Then in verse number Four once again says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Then it says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, if I'm going to let this mind be, also, be in me that's also in Christ Jesus, I got to have the mind of Christ. That's all he's telling you. You need the mind of Christ. Same mind. Watch what his mind Watch how his mind operated. Verse number six, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbed to be equal with God. Now here he is, already know who he is, found himself in the word, being formed, being, being in the form of God, thought it not robbed to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation. This is when you have God's mind. You're not worried about your reputation. You're not worried about what people call you, your title. You made yourself a no reputation. You took upon you, he took upon him the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. He being in the found, being found in fashion as a man, watch what he did. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. See, if you humble yourself, God would exalt you. God has highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and in earth and things under the earth. Now every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But what happened? How did he get that? He humbled himself. That's why the Bible tells you, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He would exalt you. In due time. You don't have to make it happen for yourself. The way to get the things of God is through humility, not pride. See, it's not pride, it's humility. All right. Now, this morning I talked to you about, and I'm going to continue, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians 4.23. Let's go back there one more time. Just that one verse. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23. Told you to be renewed. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, if I'm going to be renewed in the spirit of my mind, then I got to be born of the spirit. That's what he's talking about. I got to be born of the spirit. Now, I gave you this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. We're catching up. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21 and 22. We're going to be moving to catch up today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and verse 22. And you that were sometime alienated. 
Now that word alienated is the same word as an alien. That means you do not have right to the things of God. That's where we were. Aliens, alienated, and enemies will watch this in our mind. So a person is not an enemy of God for as who they are physically. You're an enemy of God in your mind. In your mind, because you don't have the mind of Christ. If you don't have the mind of Christ or the spirit of Christ, you are not in heels. See, now, let, let me go, let me, I'm going to come right back here to Colossians 1. Let's go to Romans, and let's show you chapter 8. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to teach Romans chapter 8 now. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Now, most of the time, I read Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4, and then I just stop. But we're going to continue today. So Romans chapter 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation, verse 1, to them which are in Christ Jesus. See, no condemnation if you're in Christ. Who walk not the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, past and hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. For sin condemned sin in the flesh. Why did he do it? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Now, verse number five, watch this. For they that are after the flesh. Now these are people who are not born again. This is how you can know you're not born again. You mind the things of the flesh. See, people not born again, their mind is not on the things of the spirit. Their mind is on the things of the flesh because you have a fleshly mind. See, if you got a spirit mind, the the spirit mind is going to be on the things of the spirit. Let me read it again. For they that are after the flesh, Romans 8 and 5 in the King James Version. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. It's very, very simple. I want to read that same thing out of the King James, just that one verse. Romans 8 and 5. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 5. Just that one verse. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature thinks about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit thinks about things that please in the Spirit. That's how it works. See, when you, when your mind, you go by what your mind on all the time. What is your mind on all the time? Your mind on the things of the Spirit or your mind on the things of the flesh? That's how you know when you say. Let me read that again at the NLT. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature thinks about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit thinks about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads you to death. That's awesome. But watch this. But if you let, your, let the Spirit control your mind, will lead you to life and peace. So where are you headed? Are you headed to death or are you headed to life? Do you have the spirit of death or the spirit of life? That's how you determine. Because your mind 
sin on sinful nature and on sinful thing, that's going to lead you to death. Now watch what it says again. We are in Romans chapter 8 out of the NLT. Verse number 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads you to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it would never will. That's why those who are still under control of other sinful nature, watch this, if you're still under the control of your sinful nature, you can never please God. I'm going to read that out of the King James, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, if you're walking after the flesh, you mind the things of the flesh. But if you're walking after the spirit, you mind the things of the spirit. Watch verse 6. To be carnally minded. That's a natural mind. That's the mind you got from Adam. If you don't renew your mind, let God save your soul from hell. Your soul is going to go and spend eternal damnation. For to be carnally minded is death. That's the only place that mind can take you to is death. But to be spiritual mind is life and peace. So if you would change your mind, when God is going to renew you, when he's going to, when he's going to renew your mind, when he renewed your mind, he gave you life and peace. But if you keep that mind you have now, you're going to have death, eternal damnation. Now that's an awesome thing. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded, naturally minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, that natural mind, is the enemy of God. It's enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It's a fleshly mind. Then he's going to tell you in verse 8, so then, they that are in the flesh or still got a fleshly mind cannot please God. Cannot please God. But then he's going to tell you who are born of the Spirit. But you are not in the flesh or you do not have a fleshly mind. But you got a spirit mind. If the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. See, he's telling you, if you still got a fleshly mind, then you are not God's child. See, this is why you go back into Abraham and his two sons. Abraham wanted the first son, the first son to be the heir. And God said, no, he's not going to be your heir. It's going to be Isaac. Isaac is going to be your heir. Why? Because Isaac has a spirit mind. I can't give the things of the spirit to your first son. That's your natural son. He has a natural mind. Let's take Jacob and Esau. Same principle all through the word of God. Why did God give the blessing to Jacob? Why not Esau? The blessing meant nothing to him. Oh, just give me that pottage, man. You can have those spiritual blessings. See, he had a carnal mind. But Jacob had a spiritual mind. See, if you look at the principles all the way through the word of God, 
all the way through the Word of God. So if you're going to get the things of the Spirit, you're going to have to renew your mind and let God give you a spirit mind. Stop letting people tell you, oh, just get water baptized, you'll be okay. Just come get your feet washed, you'll be okay. Oh, you'll just take communion. Listen, that's not going to give you a new mind. Only God can give you a new mind. A new mind is a new nature. Let me say it again. A new mind is a new nature. If you still got the old mind, you got the old nature. All right, let's, let's, let's move on. Now, I'm going to read this Romans chapter 8, verse number 9. But you are not in the flesh. What is he saying? You don't have a fleshly mind. But you're in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Now, look at verse number 10. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit now become life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, lives in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So your soul is saved because of the spirit God put in you. Your mind is renewed because of the spirit God puts in you. Let, let, me, go, let me go show you that in Titus. I think I showed you that this morning, but I want to show it to you again. Titus chapter 3, uh, verse 3 through verse 7. Titus chapter 3. I got a lot I got to show you. You know, I, I, I really want to show it all to you. This word is so good. Titus chapter 3 and verse 3. We read not the NLT. It said, once we too were foolish disobedience, we were misled. We become slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy. We hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. Watch what he did. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. That is Titus chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Out of the NLT. Verse 5, verse 5, 3, 4, 5. Now in verse 6 says, He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Verse 7. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Now, that's what God did for us through His Son. That's why we give Him all the praise and all the glory. Now, this morning I told you about being alienated. I want to take you through some more of these, uh, being alienated, because when you're alienated, you're alienated from the life of God. But then, now I'm going to show you that you're not just alienated. Look, go back to Colossians. Let me show it to you. Colossians 1 and verse 21 and 22. You're not just alienated. When you're not saved, you're God's enemy. See, when you're an unbeliever, you are an enemy of God in your own mind. You're God's enemy. You're God's enemy. That's, that's, see, I had to learn this as a young pastor. You know, you know, I love praying for people. But when you're praying for people, it's okay when you got everybody in the church believing what you're doing. But then there are few people in the church don't believe it's going to happen. See, that's the enemy mind. 
And when God's going to do a great work in the church, he's usually going to do it when we all on one accord. And the only way we can be on one accord is we all must have the same mind. We all must have the mind of Christ. We only have the mind of Christ. Now watch this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind. See, two, alienated, separated from God, and then enemies in your mind. Now, how, how is a person an enemy of God in their mind? By wicked works. By wicked works. By wicked works. Now, how, how did God get rid of the wicked works in the mind? You can't do it unless you have the blood of Christ. Now, that's the verse I want to show you now. Hebrew chapter 9 and verse 11 through 14. Then I'm going to go all the way back to Genesis and we're going to get the word. Hebrew chapter 9, verse 11. So you're going to have to have the blood of Christ to get rid of the wicked works. So that's why I keep saying, you probably like think I'll be fussing, but I'm really not. I just don't want you to be deceived to think that somebody can baptize you in water. Some people say, oh, I can baptize you in water as a baby, and you are saved. How are you going to save the person's mind? You can't save the soul. Remember, you can't save the soul. The soul belongs to God. Jesus died to save the soul. And yet people are telling you today they can baptize you in water and save your soul. And yet people are believing this. I just can't understand how you can allow somebody to lie to you and you believe it. And you can read too. Real good. Hebrews chapter 9. And verse number 14, just one verse. He said, how much more? How much more? We're in the King James Version, Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God? What did he do, pastor? He purged our conscience. Now, what does it mean to purge? Clean. He cleaned our conscience from dead works. There it is. He cleaned our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He cleaned our conscience from dead works to, say, to serve the living God. You can't serve God until you get your conscience cleansed. Now, watch what Jesus says. Let me go all the way back to the Gospel of St. John, chapter number 4. When Jesus met this person at the well, in John chapter 4, watch what he said to her. He met a woman at the well. And verse 20 says, the woman said, Oh, our father worship in this mountain. And you said that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh and, and now is. Or the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the father. I come to change all that. You worship, you don't know what. You don't know what you worship. We know what we worship, or we know who we worship. Salvation is of the Jews. Otherwise, he's saying the Jews have been knowing God ever since the days of Moses. Ever since the days of Abraham. The Jews knew, Moses, knew God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they knew the, the true and the living God. So he's saying, you worship, but you don't know what you worship. Salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, 
and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father. Watch this. In spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. So you can't worship God until your mind been renewed and you have the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can't worship God until your mind be renewed. Watch what it says again. They that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh search to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship God must worship God in spirit. That means you got to be born of the spirit. And you got to have the spirit of truth in you. You got to be born of the spirit. You can't do it. You can't worship God. That's why Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what's that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You can't worship God until your mind been renewed. Or you've been born of the Spirit, we call it. Until that happens, you can't worship God. Now, let's go to uh, another one, because I got some other. I told you about enemies in your mind. Let's go to Romans 5 and 10. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 10. Talk about enemies in your mind. If, watch what it says. If, for if when we were enemies... Romans chapter 5 out of the King James. Well, if you were enemy, where were your enemies at? You were enemies in your mind. If when we were enemies in our minds, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Well, that's not what people are telling you. The word reconcile means forgiveness. Paul said, look, we receive forgiveness. We got forgiveness by the death of God's son. People are telling you get forgiveness now through water baptism and rituals. Take communion. Your sins are forgiven. People are being told that week after week after week. Come and confess your sins. Take communion. God will wash your sins away. You have a start off again on a new week. People have been deceived. Just being deceived. That's why I can't stop preaching it. That's why I can't stop. Now, Ephesians 5, verse 10, again. For if when we were enemies. See, if, you, if you're saved, you're not his enemy anymore because your enemy's in your mind by wicked works. You're trying to use different things to be right with God that making you an enemy with God. Can't you see what's going on? You're trying to offer God water baptism for my salvation and God stand up saying, you make it, you're making it worse. You're trying to offer God foot washing, uh, circumcision like they were doing, uh, communion. And God's saying, you're really pushing me away from you. Because only one person that I'm going to receive, and that's my son. His works or no works. His death, burial, and resurrection is his works. And if you don't bring him that, you, you, you cannot come near God. People, this is not a game. This is not a Pastor Crump thing. 
Listen at this thing again. Romans chapter 5. Watch what it says, verse 10. Wherefore, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5, verse 10. If, for if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, reconciled, yeah, by the death of his son, much more. Being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Well, if you never receive his life, how are you going to be saved? That is not what people are telling you. They're not telling you to be saved by his life. If you don't receive his life, your life is not going to make it into eternity. When you get into eternity, you got to have eternal life or you will have eternal death. And the only somebody is eternal is God. That's why he want to give you his life. When he give you his life, you'll have eternal life. So you can live in eternity. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. Oh, this, this is just, this just blesses me. If we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more. <clears throat> Being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. See, it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. Uh, let, let's move on, because I got, I got another one I got to show you. Uh, Paul talked about enemies. I gave you Romans 5, 10, and 11. I gave you Romans chapter 8, 5 through 8, the corner of mine. Now I want to take you to, uh, I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, the natural mind. Look at Colossians 2, 18. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 18. See, all of these are telling you, here it's going to tell you about a fleshly mind. See, all these different minds, he's telling people he's not saved. If you have a corner mind, you're not saved. If you got a fleshly mind, I, I've heard people tell people, oh, yeah, Pastor, you know, they still saved. They just got a corner mind. Listen, to be, have a corner, a corner mind, that's death. Romans chapter 8 told you to be, in verse 5 and 6, to be carnal minded is death. Don't let nobody tell you, they, oh, I, they just got a corner, they just carnal minded. No, they just ain't saved. All right. Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in the voluntary humility of worshiping of angels, intruding in those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. By his fleshly mind, see? So that's why in Romans chapter number 8, I just read you Romans 8 and verse 7. Romans 8 and 7 says, Romans 8 and 7, because the carnal mind and enmity against God is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Because verse 6 says, to be carnally minded is death. So if you still got a carnal minded, you still have death. That's, that's the thing about it. The wages of sin is death. What, when Adam ate of the tree of neither good and evil, what did he receive? Death. Now, what I want to do for, for the next few minutes, I, I want to take you somewhere. I, I got to do this first. Praise God, there's another one. Colossians uh, chapter 1 and verse 12, I gave you that already. Colossians 1 and 12. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to... Uh, James chapter 3 verse 14. Let's do James. Let's show you what James told the church of God. 
James chapter number 3, verse 14. Let's, let's see what James told the church of God before they left. You know, we don't have the church of God anymore. James chapter 3, they was taken up in Romans chapter 7. That is the 144,000. All right, James chapter 3 and verse 14. As a matter of fact, we know Paul sent a lot of them home early. James 3, 14. James chapter 3 and verse 14. Now in verse 13, James says, and out of the King James, who is a wise man and do it with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, the conversation is a lifestyle, out of a good conversation, his works, that's the word I want, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter ending and strife in your heart, see, if you still got bitter envy and strife in your heart, watch what he says, glory not and lie not against the truth. Listen, you don't have no truth in you. You are not saved. Well, Pastor, how can you tell? Listen, I'm not telling you. I'm showing you what the word says. The word says, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. You do not have the wisdom of God. He said, look, this wisdom, this sin is not from above. But it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. Now, what, what is he saying? I'm going to read this out of the NLT, James, and then I'm going to tell you about it. See, the key is there are some people everywhere they go. It don't make a difference where they go. They're full of religion. They're full of religion. Wherever they go, mark my word. There's going to be some confusion in that church because they have strife in their heart. The Bible said bitter envy and strife. And if you got envy and strife in your heart, there's going to be confusion. There are people cause trouble wherever they go. I don't care where you put them at. You can put them in the choir. Something ain't right. Somebody ain't right. Always just strife and confusion Nothing never going to please them because nothing never is right. They just find fault, fault finders. Watch what James said. James chapter 3 and verse number 13. I'm reading this out of the NLT. He told you true worship comes from God. Watch this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, Prove it by living an unhonorable life. Watch what it says. If you are wise, I'm reading out the NLT, James chapter 3 and verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous, there's surface ambition in your heart. Don't cover up the truth with boasting. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and self-ambition, 
there you'll find disorder and every and evil of every kind. See, the spirit, that's how you can tell where the spirit of the devil is. I'm going to read this same thing out of the uh, King James. In verse number 14, James 3, 14, if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above. This wisdom is earthly and is sensual and is devilish. For where envy and strife feel, watch this, there is confusion and every evil work. There is confusion or tumult, unquietness. You don't get no peace, no rest. Fussing, arguing, disagreement. Nobody never satisfied. That's mean that's the spirit of the devil is in that situation. Verse number seven. But the wisdom of God, the wisdom that comes from God, reading out of King James, is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easily being treated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of the righteousness sown in peace of them that make peace. But brother, you can, you can understand, if you, got, if you want to know is the devil in something, see if they're confusion. See if they're confusion. Jealousy, wicked, malice. Now, let's go all the way back because I want to show you the answer of Colossians. I told you about Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 21, 28. Then we're going back to Genesis after this, Genesis chapter 4. But in Colossians chapter 1, I hope you're enjoying the word, praise the Lord. In Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 21 says, And you that were sometime alienated, enemies in your mind, I'm reading out the King James, your enemies in your mind, watch this, by wicked works. Now has he reconciled. How did he do it? He did it in the body of his flesh through death to present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. That's why Christ had to do it through his own precious blood, Hebrew 9, 14. But let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter number 4. And let me show you why God did not accept Cain's offering. We're talking about wicked works. Why didn't God accept Cain's offering? Genesis chapter 4. We're going to start reading with verse number 1. Why did God not receive Cain's offering? Genesis chapter 4. Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bare Cain. And says, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Listen to what she says. The woman says, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Verse number two. And she bare again, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Remember what his work was, a tiller of the ground. In process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of his ground, of the ground, and offering unto the Lord. But often was the firstling of the flock or the first animal of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Bible said the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Now, why did God have respect to Abel's offering and not Cain is our question. Now, first of all, Abel's offering is a type and shadow of Christ's death on the cross. 
because he brought the firstling of his flock. Now, to bring the firstling of his flock as an offering, you had to cut the lamb's throat, that's the blood, lay the lamb on the altar, that's Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Now watch Cain. Cain is going to bring the fruit of, his, of the ground. Now, you must understand this. When you get to the book of James, James is going to ask you a question. He's going to ask you, what do you get from the field? Let's go back and see if we find that. From the book of James, he's going to tell you what the ground produced. Because remember, he brought him the fruit of the ground. The fruit of the ground. Well, what kind of fruit did he bring him? Because he's going to tell you all the stuff that comes out of the ground. That's what James dealt with. He's going to ask him, do you get this kind of fruit from the ground? Now, let's go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Now, James is going to talk about the tongue. But he's going to tell them what the tongue produced. And then he's going to go into the kind of wisdom that's produced. You don't get grapes from thorns now. He's going to tell you, you don't get grapes from a thorn bush. What do you get from a thorn? So God, the ground has brought forth thistles and thorns. So he's going to bring the thing that from the ground that has been cursed and offer them up to the Lord and expect God to accept it. See, this is what people are doing. So that same teaching goes into James chapter number three and it talks about the mind because that's exactly, talk, talk about the mind because that's exactly what people are doing. Now, the ground, think about the heart, the ground. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But Jesus also says, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. All of this stuff, demonic activity, comes from the heart. So what is people trying to do is offer to God the stuff out their old ground from their old heart and it's corrupt. Evil thinking. They're trying to offer that up to God. The evil thoughts, corrupt mind, fleshly mind. They're trying to offer all this stuff up to God. It came out of cut. See, the Old Testament was a type in the shadow. Out of the ground proceeds. Jesus came and said, out of the heart proceeds. Well, the ground was the heart. So now people want to take the old ground, the old heart, and offer to God all of the garbage that's in the old heart, and God rejects it. But if you would bring God an offering, Ephesians 5 and 2, if you would bring to God what he asked you for, well, let's look and see what God accepted. First, Romans told you what to bring to God. Present your body, a living sacrifice, holy, 
acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. People don't want to renew their mind. They want to give God their old mind. Giving God their old ways. Oh, I know I still get high. But I'm, I'm just as saved as you are. See, we want to offer up to God old corrupt life. Oh, I know I'm living in fornication. But, I'm, but, but God loved me. Yeah, yes, he loved you too. But we're not talking about do God love us. Yes, God loved you. He gave you his son. Let me show you, let me show you what God said to Israel. 2 Corinthians. See, we make all these excuses, and I'm just as good as you, and I'm just as right. Let's, let's go look at the word. 2 Corinthians, chapter number 6. Let me show you what God says to Israel. 2 Corinthians, chapter number 6, and verse 14. Let's just go there for a while. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. This is what God said to Israel. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? What part has he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? You are the temple of a living God. God has says, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. That's what my Bible says. My Bible says, oh, why, why, why didn't God accept Cain offering? Because Cain wanted to give him his junk, his corrupt heart, his wickedness. Oh, I know I'm living in sin, but I'm all right with God. No, you're not all right with God. I know I'm doing drugs. I know I got a drug problem. Get saved. Let him save you from the drugs. Let him save you from fornication. Don't you know you commit fornication? Your sins against your own body, which is the body of Christ. This is not a game. Stop, stop telling people it's okay. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 16 says, God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, in verse 17, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord of hosts, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive them. I'll receive you, and you'll be my father. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, the next ch chapter we don't never mess with, but look at verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all this filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, and let's perfect holiness in the fear of God. See, we want to we just offer God our mess. And we want God to be all right with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I, hear what the word says. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. I'm reading out the NNT. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? How can light, see, oh, I know I'm saved. 
Well, what about that person? Well, I don't know if he said, because if both of y'all say you wouldn't be together like that. Either both of y'all not saved, because if both of you are saved, somebody got the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit going to say, I'm not going to be able to live in this mess no more. Watch what it says. How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? What union, what union can there be between God's temple and, and the idol? For we are the temple of a living God. God said, I will live in them, I will walk among them, I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves from unbelievers. Say to the Lord, watch this, don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. I'll be your father, and you'll be my sons and daughters, said the Almighty. That's the word. You know why I will give you the word? Because I love your soul. And I want to see you saved. And I pray that God save you out that situation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you deliver your people from fornication and from living in wickedness and doing drugs and the care of this world and getting caught up in this wickedness. It's time to live for God and it's time to live holy. Every head bowed. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you for that person watching right now that want to change their lives. God receive them right now. I believe with all my heart there are people right now that are saying, thank God somebody told us the truth. Turn from your wickedness. Turn from your wickedness before it's too late. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ and receive his offering of his son on the cross for your life. Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Receive it and receive his Holy Spirit and receive eternal life. And God will bring you out of that situation. My time is up. I thank you for your. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.